I'm Greg, and you're listening to Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Hey, Polly. Hey, Greg. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thanks. You're here again. Season two. Season two. New location. Yep. Season two. Who that? Who that? Who this? Who this? <laughs> new phone, new season. Who this? So we have a very, very energetic guest on today. Really, I, I met our guest uh, a few years ago, and just as soon as he entered the room, you know, it, you, you were interested in what he had to say. And I am talking about the co-founder, executive director of Fab Newport, Mr. Steve Heath. I am very excited to meet Steve. I have never met him. Mm-hmm. I'm totally interested in Fab Newport and makers. I have some makers, maker kids. Oh, yeah. So um, I don't know how I don't know more about Fab Newport. <laughs> um, but so I guess that's good. So hopefully we can connect parents with um how to get connected to Fab Newport? Right. What What is a maker? Can I ask that? Who are the makers in your household? Who are the makers? So my, yeah. I'd say my son is the biggest maker. Um, so he he's um, really good with coding and computers oh. and 3D printing and um, that kind of stuff. That is know. awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I can't wait to, to hear more about everything that they're doing. I know that's a lot. Because uh, just hearing him talk, just hearing Steve talk, he um, he like just it just grabs you, and you you want to know more. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to really dive in and see what it is that that Newport is doing and how he's uh, really working with the community. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, me too. So without further ado, today joining us on Totally Preventable, we have Steve Heath from Fab Newport, the co-founder and executive director. Thank you very much, Steve, for being with us today. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Great Anytime. to have you. And just to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I um, started out as an educator in 1990 when I was curious about schools in Boston. I was living there and kept reading about the schools and wondering, can they really be as bad as the newspapers making them out to be? And then I felt culpable because I didn't know any kids in my neighborhood and my perfect little world, we're all connected. We all support each other. So I put on, I'd done a lot of freelance writing and exploring in my twenties and I was now approaching 30. So I put on my hat, my journalist hat and went into the schools as a substitute teacher. And next thing I knew I was a building sub going daily to a school in Roxbury, about a mile from my house. And I was riding bikes with kids um, all over Boston who lived in my neighborhood. And I said, the kids are all right. The schools need a lot of help. And now it's, uh, that was 1990 and it's 19, I mean, it's 2022 right now. So, you know, I've been at it for 32 years. And, uh, but I love working with youth and I get the most joy doing hands-on kind of stuff, going out into the community, exploring, turning kids on to things that they previously may not have known anything about or a little bit about, or if they have their own curiosity, helping them satiate that. Yeah, I feel like sometimes kids don't realize something that they're really into 
um, can be related to something else, you know? Right. I feel like they don't think of it in other directions sometimes. Um, so what caused you to start Fab Newport? What brought you here? And Yeah, so um, in the 90s, I taught kids how to code using a computer coding language that was developed in the MIT Media Lab by a guy named Seymour Papert, who's basically a genius. And then, you know, I, I, I've taught coding off and on. I've worked K through 12 education. I've taught everything except basically a foreign language. Mm. And then I was working at the Met School and I took some kids up to AS220 where they had a little fab lab. And I said, oh my God, we need one of these at the school. So I wrote a couple of grants, got some money, asked people if this was something that made sense and had a lot of interest. And then a couple of years of kind of running Fab Newport as the volunteer board chair and had one employee, got more business. So I quit my job at the school and just went full fab. And just the, but the general idea was to create this opportunity where kids could get their hands onto technology and tear it apart make whatever they want. Um, the Fab Lab motto is that with a certain set of tools, you can make almost anything. Um, so that's that's the general idea. And it just seemed like a, a cool thing to have in the neighborhood, you know? So that's how it got started. It was just, I wasn't like I had some master plan, you know, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. I, my only master plan was like, does do people want this? Are they interested? And if they're interested, all right, we'll do it. If they're not, I've been around long enough to know that you can't do it alone. So that, that was, that was it. I don't know if you coined the phrase full fab, but I definitely <laughs> would, would suggest you do that. I can see that all over t-shirts, everything. All right. Full fab. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's the, what's the mission of fab Newport? What's your vision? So, yeah. So in, it's interesting, you know, you say full fab because we run two programs basically. Uh, we run PBD Young Makers up in Providence. We're in all 10 public libraries there, which is heavily like makerspace coding, two and three design, electronics, sewing, fabrication, prototyping. And then in Newport, we started out as the same model, but we've now expanded into a range of opportunities that include golf, sailing, farming, surfing, hiking, you know, because again, like we mentioned earlier, a lot of our, especially middle school kids, high school kids, they don't even know, like within two miles from where I'm sitting, there are so many opportunities that are amazing that the kids, for whatever reason, don't know much about. So this is a long way of saying we're going to do a rebrand from Fab Newport to Fab X, which is kind of the intellectual and pedagogical engine of our work. And then our programs would be Fab Newport, and PVD Young Makers. And our mission right now is to inspire the maker and all of us. But maybe in six months, our mission will be a little bit different. It might be to inspire all youth to have a positive future vision. And then our vision is that all students will, all youth will have the skills, confidence, commitment to positively impact their communities and make their lives. Or it might change that now to Posit to live into their positive future vision. It's one thing to have the vision, but it's another thing to have the support that you need and the skills to actually live into it. Uh -huh. 
feel like we just got another exclusive here with the Fab X. Right. <laughs> you heard well, it first. Yeah. And kind of what we think about are what are the key ingredients to make a life? And, you know, like I might sound like I make a lot of this stuff up, but I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of listening. I do a lot of talking to people. So most of what I say is grounded in research, but I kind of synthesize things. And so, um, and one of the reports that we've hung our hat in is a report that comes out of the University of Chicago Consortium for Public School Education, something like that. But they wrote a, a seminal paper on the foundations for young adult success. And what they say is that what our young people need are competencies. Then they need agency, which is that ability to act on your own. And then this is a really, I think, a key piece that's understated. And then I was just reading an essay in the New York Times about it just before I got on with you guys is identity, right? Because like, are we doing things for the reasons that make sense for us, right? Like, and in this essay, they, this the writer was interviewing a woman who, you know, feels like she's an artist and she's not sure what her identity is from a gender perspective. But but instead of encouraging people to explore those things, kind of historically, we want to pigeonhole people, right? And so it's just, you know, so your positive future vision should be truly grounded in who you are and who you think you might become. Of course, that could change. But, and we want to do everything in our power to make sure young people have the diverse range of experiences so they can explore their identity, right? Don't wait until you're 30, like do it now, right? And we right. know our middle school kids and high school kids, we want to encourage them to take risks and we don't want to box them in. We want to let them out. Well, well, we can offer them good counsel and offer a set of experiences that might support them. So um, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but um, that's what we're up to. You might be at my new best friend, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know farming was even in the mix. Where I'm, we have a small farm too. So I'm like, what? farming too. That's yeah. Because well, we want to think about food systems, yeah. right? Like, and if you're going to be healthy, if you're going to be preventative, it means eating well, right? Yeah. And you know, we see kids who are getting free and reduced lunch walking to school every day, stopping at Cumberland Farms, spending pocket change on bags of processed food, right? Like, what's that all about? Right, right. So we saw on your website there that there is a fab formula for success, which I don't know what it is, but I just love the term. I, I asked Greg if he made it up. I saw <laughs> that he, I said, did you make that up? <laughs> I almost stole it. I almost stole the credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you want to know what that is? I do. Yes. All right. Yeah. So it's based on what have I just what I just said about the agency, the identity, and the okay. competence. But it starts with this. We run a program, and people show up. Young people show up, and the most important critical ingredient to start is it engaging. Right? They're not going to come back if it's not right. Right. It doesn't matter who's running it. Like if there's something cool to do in this little white room, the kids are saying, oh, wow, this is cool, right? Yeah. Right. Whatever it is. So they come back and maybe they come back two or three times and then they look around and they say like, 
who's in charge here, right? Like what's going on? And so with that becomes trust. Okay, so you've got engaging programming with trust blossoming. And then with trust in place, many more things become possible, right? Opportunities abound, right? So, and also in there is belonging. You want, belonging is key. Like, you know, you kids want a place where they experience belonging. So you've got belonging, trust, engagement, and then there's these relationships. And so then whether it's a month down the road or three months down the road or six months, and then you say to some kid, have you ever been surfing? And the kid says, what? No, I don't even know how to swim or I've never been to the beach. Next thing you know, you got a kid surfing, right? Be, but they're not going to do that. You're not going to take some kid day. Well, I'm going surfing today, right? You know, so, so that, and then all of a sudden, when you have that in place, then you can get into a deeper exploration about what the kids are interested in. What, And then you can start shepherding more opportunities or have deeper conversations and get to know a parent and then start to have things, you know, like say, what competencies do you want to grow? What about your identity? What are you questioning? You think you want to be a musician, but you don't have the confidence. Well, let's go meet a couple of musicians because I can promise you just about every musician in the world has had a crisis, identity crisis, right? Mm -hmm. I can't do this, right? Um, so that's that's kind of, and then the whole thing is back to the triangle. Are you developing your agency? Are you growing a set of competencies that will allow you to bring your positive future vision to life? And, um, and then is it really who you want to be? You know, is it is that part of your identity? Is that what you're looking for? So, um, and you got to keep revisiting those things also. Wow. Now, I heard you mention uh, like the PVD makers uh, in the libraries is uh, Fab Newport just, uh, excuse me, Fab Newport, is it just an after school program or is there school involvement as well? There's, yeah. So I'll give you a quick sketch of the programs that we have going on. And then even before I do that, I'll say organizationally, we have a three pronged strategy. One is engage model programs. So engaging programs that are working with kids, ideally from middle school, right through high school, because we want long-term relationships. That's how you build the trust. And kids in school are pretty much on a treadmill of relationships, fifth grade, sixth grade, math, science, you know, you're changing. It's like, how are you going to build stable relationships on the kind of treadmill of those school-based relationships? So we want to be the antidote to that. So in Providence, 10 libraries with after-school programming, and then we run three days of school-based programming at the med school. We teach kids um, 3D modeling where they earn an industry certificate. And then we run a design make manufacture program where we're partnered with Project Invent. And then we run a teen intern program. So kids who find us in the libraries or come to us through a school, we pay them to work eight to 10 hours a week in the library. And what they do is they develop a full set of makerspace skills, and then they either support or run programming in the libraries that would increase our capacity. And they also provide, that, that program provides an, a tremendous opportunity for kids to develop those social emotional skills. Because when you're working with other people, it's like, that's how you really get good. It's how you think about what you know, refine your learning, develop empathy, gain confidence. So we've had kids who have started with us as freshmen in high school and are still with us as seniors working in our teen intern program. Um, 
And then like in the libraries on an annual basis, there might be like 5,000 kids who come through the libraries who are somehow touched by our program. But we work with about 100 kids kind of on a more intimate basis where we understand kind of their identity and what their positive future vision is and what they're shooting for. And then in Newport, we run all Saints Academy STEAM programs. So we're over there a few days a week. Got Chris uh, Chris Gross and Ellen Pinnocker at Thompson Middle School two days a week running a heart club program where kids who have often been referred to the dean or whatever have a chance to just kind of decompress and just talk and kind of just relax. And then we, um, after school, Orlando runs his golf program five days a week. In the lab, we've got... Um, jewelry making, graphic novel, micro bit, fab factory. And then on Fridays, we have open lab with, uh, we're partnering with the Boys and Girls Club where kids can do, you know, wood shop, any of the stuff that we have, or just play basketball or do art, um, music, all different kinds of things. So that's a sketch of kind of what we're up to. That's awesome. Yeah. So if um, say if I lived in Newport County, I do live in Newport County. But <laughs> if um, so, if parents are interested in getting their kids involved, or I don't know how many kids we have listening, but if someone is interested in having their kids involved, how how do they go about it? How do kids get involved? Yeah, so they could our website we're redoing, so it's not perfect. But one of the things you can do is look on the All Course Network website and look us up so we run a bunch of classes that are available to any public school or any student actually in rhode island now it used to be just public school but they've expanded and that's run through the rhode island department of education and i would also suggest come by on a friday from three to five for florence gray fridays and get to know us and uh you know just do one of the activities and see what you think. And parents are welcome to come by on Fridays too. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a little peculiar, I guess, in the sense that all our programming is basically free. So we're generally working with families and youth who don't have, you know, extra money to sign up, you know, to pay 300 bucks for a class or right. something like that. But we do... We run a summer program. We have a six-week Newport experience where last summer we had 100 students, 100 youth, and 10 learning teams ranging, again, from some of the things I mentioned, from golf to art to music to hiking to surfing to farming to doing you know STEAM stuff in the lab. And we have kind of opened that up to kind of a more diverse population just because we want people integrated and it's a program that we'd like to expand and uh, and have kind of a sliding scale too. So that's something that's been successful. And we're very fortunate to get, a, we just got a three-year grant from the Van Buren Charitable Foundation that powered by Prince. People have been good in supporting us. Uh, Prince Charitable Trust, um, Rhode Island Foundation, and a lot of Newport County funds. So, so we got to do a lot of hustling. Mm -hmm. to fund ourselves uh, through a combination of schools and city of Providence that pay us and just the grants and just people being generous and writing checks to support us. That's awesome. I, I love that as a mom of 
four, I mean, they're all young adults now, when they were younger, it was pretty close to impossible to find affordable things for them to do four of them you know, yes. like you know because once one does something they all want to do it and yeah. there's not too many affordable programs out there for kids now as the parent of three young children <laughs> yes <that's>, without jobs <laughs> <yeah>. now <laughs> it is very hard now one thing yeah. about about steve i met steve i don't even know probably like seven six seven years ago we were i was with a different organization but um i met him at a, we were at a conference, a development plan conference. Um, I think it was held at one of the banks, United Bank or something like that. But, um, and, you know, we were all there on the same path. We were looking for development strategies, but every single time that Steve would talk about what Fab Newport was doing, I was just like, I just want to hear more about that. I don't, I don't forget what's actually we're here this, this this conference for. I want to hear more about what he's doing. You, the way you spoke about it, the passion that you had just made it like, ah, oh, I just got to be a part of it. I want to know more about it. So even hearing you describe it today, it makes me just, I, I just want to dive in. You know, like you said, your website is under construction and it, there's, but what you're saying, like the farming and all the different courses, the woodworking, all things that are so vital for for youth to know, like just having the ability to know how to use a hammer, or a screwdriver, and or or build a birdhouse, anything like that. You, you yeah, see, you know, yeah. I know they say you can YouTube everything, but just the hands-on experience for kids, I think, is just so so critical nowadays. Yeah, just to kind of build on that, Greg, it's like kids like learning in a group. Mm -hmm. like, so I think that's underrated, but, but if they're intrinsically motivated, they'll go to the YouTube channel. Right. So one of the, so what we're really trying to do, this is our, so, you know, our three prong strategies, model programs, partnerships, influence decision makers, right? One, two, three. So our dream vision, and we're working with an organization called education reimagined they're out of DC and, and, and uh, Bobby McDonald is in, Cambridge and Aylan Bennett is in uh, Providence. And so there are two people, but we're imagining an ecosystem of learning in which all our youth does an equitable learner-centered ecosystem of opportunities in which our youth can flow seamlessly between these, right? And begin to identify those places where they really experience belonging. And then and this is kind of like for middle school kids, because when kids hit like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, depending on the, you know, the young person, they're ready to bust out, right? They mm -hmm. just come on, man, the world is waiting. You know, you get on your bike or your skateboard and you're ready to go out. But we send them to middle school. And we do almost the opposite thing. We lock them down and we layer just work on them that just like struggles. Mm -hmm. We struggle to find relevancy, right? So if we can... So what we're imagining is like, we'll just go back to the farming thing for a second, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say there's a farming pathway. And again, I use the term pathway, but I want to use it loosely. I don't want kids to get on some conveyor belt because they're in a race, but, but to know there's a whole litany of experiences that you can have if this is truly something that you're interested in. And you could move between your farm and equipment community table and ag innovation and ocean hour farm and start to assemble a set of experiences 
that are building skills leading to competencies and all these partners are actually working together. So they'd say, oh, there's Polly. Look, she owns a farm and she's done all these things because I can see her story there. And so, in fact, I'm going to ask you to help me for these trigger experiences we're having with younger kids who are just learning about farming to see if they want to go deeper with it. And imagine being able to move around this amazing county that is ripe with as many opportunities that are, as you could have almost anywhere and kids being able to write their own stories and the doors are wide open, right? That's that's what we're pushing for. And then our in our ultimate dream scenario, this would also be happening during the school day because all these places are sitting there right now mm. and they're basically empty and that's where the kids want to be. That's where the hands-on learning takes place. So why not get our teachers out there with the kids in the organizations and digging in the dirt and riding the waves and making the robots and writing the plays and doing all that stuff. So that's, that's our biggest dream. And that's hoping to, uh, that's what our summer experience, the Newport experience is trying to kind of model so people can see what that looks like in motion. That is awesome. I love that. Now, how do you, now dealing with the youth, we, we all know that it's, it's difficult. You you mentioned the engagement and, having them come in and, and, you know, they hope they grasp onto things. How do you develop that, that trust? By just paying, listening, asking questions and putting the relationship at the center. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. It's like, doesn't matter. I don't care what you're doing and having food. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but it all starts with the relationship. That's the most important thing. It's like, I'm not here to deliver, you know, how to code or whatever. Yeah, I've got, you know, realms of expertise that I can coach you up on, but but the most important thing is the human being. And and that's what you start with. Awesome. I mean, it sounds simple, but it's like, that's it. Yeah, you would think it sounds simple, but no yeah. one's mastered it yet. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. it is great. We, where our grants are through a lot of federal grants, which don't allow us to purchase food. Yeah. And everybody we talk to about building relationships with kids is about the food. food. It's about the food. food. <laughs> the feds need to learn. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, I guess you got to do a little food fundraising. That's yeah, right. we do. Food-friendly fundraising. <laughs> yeah. 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 Every idea has got the F right there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's it. laughs> um, so do you have any programs for adults? Because as I'm sitting here, I'm like, wow. I, I think I'd like to be involved in something. Yeah. So, so you know, we should have more, but, you know, we, what happens with the adults, and we tried this earlier on, you know, we were founded in 2013. It's like, say, are we going to have a 2D design for, you know, holiday people or, you know, whatever. And you get all amped up. You can figure out who's going to teach it. It's usually at night, you know, and like two people sign up or something, right? So, but we want, we want to like, and I open, like if I open the space, if somebody wants to do something, they know how to do it. I just invite them in and people are always welcome to come in and see what's going on. If they take to it, you know, we'll do whatever we can to support them, but we're not set up for like those small group things right now. And uh, we'd like to be, but, um, and one of the things we've done is we're in, we have a couple of new rooms that are kind of designed to be office space. So hopefully during the day, we can get 
adults in and stuff like that, but haven't perfected the adult thing yet. Adults are nowhere near as fun as kids. Yeah. <laughs> they probably don't take stuff in as quickly either. Like the kids just, just pick suck it right up. Yeah. Maybe tell me like a hundred times and then I still yeah. I don't know whether to say you're right. Now, is there a, a duration for your for your programming? Yeah, that's a good question. So we run kind of a fall semester program, a spring semester programming, and then we run summer programming. So we go year round. Um, and as you know, I mentioned earlier, some of our program runs during the school day after school. And then uh, in summers, yeah. So we're uh, we're pretty much flat out, and uh, which is tough on the staff. But we've tried to figure out a way to give people six weeks off, mm. and four of those weeks are contiguous. So it'd be like kind of during Christmas time, kind of mid to late June, um, late August, early September. And then there's one other week in there. So that way we're all kind of off and the emails aren't flying around. You know what that is? You know, you're on vacation, but oh, I don't want to look at my email. Let it <laughs> oh, yeah. And then uh, and then you could just pick your days. And truth is, people probably aren't taking all that time off, but at least we want to offer because, you know, it's hard to pay people competitive wages. Um, but we're doing doing what we can. We've got a team of uh, 12 people and so it's uh you know it's a lot but that's what we it's what we're doing right now you know we're, we got enough for today right yeah. as a parent those three that you rattled off are very important the christmas that the holiday rush is you, you yeah. need that time june yeah. right after school gets out you need that readjustment time yeah. and then september right before school starts <laughs> again you need yeah. re-readjustment so those yeah. three, if that's all it was, I, I can, speaking as a parent, <laughs> those yeah. are great picks right there. Great, great job. So um, if if a kid starts a program, this was something we always struggled with in our household, starts a program, thinks they're really going to be into coding, and um, isn't there isn't there jam, um, do you guys have an option for them to switch, or do you encourage them to stay with that program? until they finish and then try to find something else that intrigues them or. Yeah. So we try to build all our programming. So the young person would have a reason to come back in some way, shape or form. Cause we want to keep checking in with them and saying like, you know, how you feeling about, you know, your skills or what's your, so here's an interesting story. So we'll call him David lives in the neighborhood and coming to us for years, maybe some school challenges with like learning challenges. Right. Mm -hmm. And in eighth grade, he's, I ask him what his positive future vision is going, he's going into eighth grade and he like, and I say like, what do you imagine? Like beyond high school can't even imagine he's just cause, and I didn't ask him this, but my, hypothesis is that he just just be, maybe because his reading and writing you know weren't so great just struggled with it. next year freshman in high school first semester 
and this is after his second summer of surfing, which he had no experience with. And he loves it, right? And he's getting good at it. He's teaching other kids how to surf, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, I want to go to college on a basketball scholarship and this and that. And he's all psyched up. And he goes, oh, by the way, I got my report card back and I aced everything, right? <laughs> Next year, year later, and this was uh, like three months ago, something like that. Is, David, hey, you know, what are you thinking about? You know, he's like, you know what? I realized like the basketball scholarship is a long shot. I'm thinking about physical therapy or maybe something to do with math, right? Wow. So math. you got to stay with it, right? But yeah. But you want the kid to dream big, but then, but just keep checking in and sort it out. So this is a long answer to your question, Polly, but if the, if the kids like us and this and that, we're going to find something for, them, right? That's our, that's, we feel our job, whether it's here or at the bird sanctuary or at Sail Newport or at Ag Innovation or at Ocean Hour Farm or wherever it is. That's, we want to be, um, we want to, you know, grow this ecosystem in a way that the kids can find the opportunities wherever they go. And so the way we think of opportunities are they start with trigger experiences, which you've never done theater. Hey, check it out. If you don't like it, forget it. Let's go somewhere else. And then they become curious. And so you have a deeper level of experiences and then become motivated. Then maybe you're in a workshop or a class that goes a semester or year, whatever. And then you're intrinsically motivated and then boom you've got you're mixing it up with mentors professionals peers maybe doing projects that impact the community you're involved with jobs shadow days internships those kinds of things so that's the way we think about layering a set of experiences that lead into deeper opportunities and growing those competencies agency and your identity Well, I just deep thought. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just I I'm curious because listening to what you're saying, and I think I would know the answer to this, but just from that example, how does Fab Newport define success? If you're living into your positive future vision, so if if it's uh, like David, we'll just go back to David for example. It's like, all right, what are you thinking about? What have you done like recently to bring that about? What are you thinking about doing in the future? And who are the people? Who's your team that's going to support that? And is it really what you want to do? Are you doing it for someone else? So that's so it's like, are you living into your positive future vision in a way that you're going to be doing things to support it? And you have the people that can to help you bring that to life because there's so many opportunities to get tripped up along the way, right? right? So many obstacles from transportation to food, to healthcare, to just not knowing how to ask for help. And those are things that we often overlook. And that's the critical, that's one of the critical things that we all need to think about um, as a community and how do we all work together? And imagine if the entire community were working together to say, Who's on Polly's squad, right? Who's on Greg's squad? Who's on Steve's squad? Like, you know, and who's checking in on a regular basis? And right. that, so 
it's it's kind of those ingredients. But it comes down to having that vision and making sure you're you're working on it and you have the team in place to help you bring it to life. Awesome. Is that a harder sell with parents? Um, I'm thinking of like my my own kids. I'm very supportive of whatever they want to do. And um, I know my two older ones, one went to college, one didn't. And I know grandparents and stuff, not supportive of not going to college, even though he's very successful, smart, does a, you know, a lot of things that he enjoys. Um, that's not an, an acceptable pathway. And my other daughter who went to college, went to college for something that I don't think she's going to use. I mean, she, I, I mean, I support, like she's, very creative and doing creative things now. But um, I know the older generation, even people my age, I guess I am the older generation. Like happiness and things that you love isn't always like what you should be thriving for. You should be making a living of something, you know, doing important, you know, not that maker stuff isn't important, it's very important, but it's often not the pathway a lot of people think you should go. So here's the deal. I think I you're asking like, how do you, well, let me just say this. So the key is the student agency, right? And it's like to keep having the conversations with the kids so they take ownership over their story, right? And they are educated in the opportunities that exist in their areas of interest, right? So here's a story about a woman who, a young woman who was interested in cosmetology and with some of her, you know, adults in her circle, they said, well, you know, maybe this isn't the greatest pathway for me, actually, in terms of like economic opportunity, but, but, you know, it could be, I'm not, nothing against cosmetology, but they looked at the skills that were involved in what she was good at. And they said that could be transferable to website design. And so, but really to go back to your question, it's like if a young person is talking to their parent or their grandparent and they say, you know, this is what I really enjoy doing. Here's the people have supported my journey so far. Here are samples of my work. And this is why I love to do it. And, and I've already been engaged in the community in multiple projects on a variety of different levels. Like if they say no to that, well, too bad, but is but giving ownership to the kids and letting them in, but coaching them to be able to be their own best advocate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agree. Yeah. And you can always go back to college. Like, how right. cool is it for the person who works for two or four years and says, "Now I'm ready to go to school." How hungry are they going to be? And like, I don't know your daughter, but you know. There's probably going to be a stage in her life where she might go, oh, man, maybe I should have studied ever, right? Right. She um, she used to have, her name is Cleo. She used to have Cleo's Cluckers, and she had 400 chickens <laughs> at one point and was able yeah. to sell um, eggs for $5 a dozen on her system on the end of our driveway. And it was a lot of work. And she thought, oh, she thought it was a lot of the. I heard her say the other day, she has a supply chain degree from URI. You know what? Maybe I should get chickens and do eggs again. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> Cleo's fuckers, yes. So yeah, um, 
yeah, you never know what you're going to learn when you're younger and um, take a lesson on it, I think. And yeah, and think of supply chain. Think of supply chain as like, there's so many places that that skill set could be used. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because it's really a way of thinking, right? If she likes, if she's orderly and organized and is facile in spreadsheets and can communicate, like she could be an asset in a variety of different arenas, including creative endeavors, right? Because mm -hmm. how many creatives need help getting organized, right? Yep. Yeah. Those chickens all lined up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we saw during the pandemic how, how important supply chain management. Yes. Yeah. 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 We we all learned that the hard way. Yep. So it doesn't have to be boring stuff. So the yeah. challenge for her is to find Fine. a company that she really likes and say, I've got this really cool skill. Could you use it? Mm. And then then maybe she gets her shot in a cool business. Right. So what can we do for you? What what does new what does Fab Newport need from the community? What, what how can we help out? Yeah. Um, so we want people to stay tuned. Our goal is in uh, probably early December to have kind of an ecosystem gathering. I won't go so far as to call it a summit. So what we're working on doing is we're probably going to hire a consultant to put the framework in place. So if you are a partner in the ecosystem, you're kind of agreeing on like a student-centered pedagogy, right? We're agreeing on a network of pathways. So even, you know, if you guys are thinking of prevention, um, you know, what is the pathway to mental health look like, right? Like, and and so how do you know that, right? And so again, we're not saying every kid needs to learn to be like a, a health counselor, but we want awareness. And so so we all we want to get together. So imagine this website that exists that families and youth can look at and say, oh, I could get some experiences here with um, you know the Prevented Coalition or Ag Innovation or Sail Newport or the Newport Yacht Club or the Connecticut Island Saint. And boom, and so they can begin. So the families and the youth can take ownership over their learning through a networked system. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that we can begin to move them fluidly from a transportation perspective. Like two years ago, we had no vans. Now we have three vans. And in the summer, we borrow a bunch of vans. So that transportation is something that we need to see. You know, that's a challenge. You live in Tiverton. How can we get kids, you know, going both ways? You know, why don't we have a an adventure bus that goes around all weekend where kids can get on and off and all the cool spots to go, right? Mm -hmm. What about surfboards? How? Why don't we have surfboards that kids can't use on the beach or, you know, a million different things that we could do better if we work together. So, so we want to get partners on board and thinking through what it means to be a full-fledged partner in the ecosystem. Um, and, the, you know, so that's, that's how, uh, that's how you can help us, I guess, is just, participate in the ecosystem conversations we don't want to forget about the little compton kids either no they're up at tiverton you got to keep going get the rest yeah. of them. yeah i'm sorry i meant little compton <laughs> that's okay <laughs> yeah. that that brings us to to an interesting point how do you 
how do partners become partners? How do what's the best way to contact? What's the what's the uh, just uh, you can email me, Steve at fabnewport.org, and then think about things that you're already doing or things that we could design together, either as trigger experiences, as you know, those who are a little more motivated, or opportunities for kids who are intrinsically motivated and might already be interested in your field. And another way that you could help us is we have this platform called Be Unbound, which is, so you guys are, I don't know, do you call yourself mental health workers? What, how would you categorize your uh, your profession that you guys? You guys? Just coalition coordinators, um, prevention specialists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, All right, so, mental health workers, but. Yeah, so for example, if I had a, a young person who was interested in prevention or mental health worker and you guys were in our database, I could find, oh, there's Polly and Greg. Do you want to talk to them, right? So we're building a warehouse of of supportive adults who we can then use at, to network with, with young people so they can learn about the business. Because again, the quality of one's life is often measured by the quality of those relationships that you surround yourself with, right? Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Why didn't we say podcasters? We should have said podcasters. Right? Podcasters. <laughs> podcasters. podcasters. <laughs> yeah. So um I, I know you said the website is under construction, but or getting banned. Well it's it's up, but it's just yeah. it needs work and we're building a new one. So okay. Um yeah. can you give us the website so people Yeah, it's fabnewport.org. Yep. Easy, easy peasy. Yep. And then be unbound too, if you want to see what that's all about. That's be hyphen unbound dot org and that's a partnership we have with the big picture learning company that is awesome well thank you very much steve for your time thank you for being a guest on totally preventable we greatly appreciate it as always you delivered i mean that the passion coming through that microphone is just uncanny you know and thank you yep. all right thanks for the opportunity you guys and uh come by and see us on a friday afternoon three to five all right, we will. Yeah. <laughs> Stop in and show up and have some fun. All, All right. right. All right. Cool. Thank All you, right. Steve. Take care. Bye. Bye. I'm Polly, and you've just listened to Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable.